Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sunday's special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, April 21st, 2019. My name is Melanie C., a recovered compulsive overeater living in Wilsonville, Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, April 19th, 2019, are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study is 12803. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study meeting, the share ID number is 12805. And it sounds like somebody's unmuted. If you want to press star one on your phone keypad for the extra background noise, thank you so much for the consideration. This morning, A Vision for You presents Faith Has to Work. Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book at Bill Wilson's story on page 16. It's a powerful story. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. There you have it. And these fellows are dead serious about it. What exactly does that mean? How do we utilize faith and how do we define it? Faith is confidence and trust in a person, thing, or a belief not based on proof. Faith says it's faith says it is so right now. However, that confidence can and does fade, but for faith that's in motion. Faith cannot grow unless it is stepping out. And every pun is intended there in that particular statement. By its nature, faith demands to be moving. Its character is liveliness. Our relationship to power depends on the aerobics of faith. It is the calisthenics of spirit. With a, with, when muscles flex, power moves in. We are the heavy lifter. Power is the game changer. Can we feel the burn? Move those muscles. A little bit of fun there. Faith is a mechanism by which we bolster this partnership of belief and confidence. Faith's best partners are belief times action times confidence. That winning combination brings about the necessary elements for recovery, but it's not but it's not but it's got to be moving, my apologies, all the time. Without action, our faith is just a bunch of words spewing out of our mouths and not really faith at all. It's something else altogether. Faith without action, I call it getting ready to commence, to start, to begin, which is not any action at all. It's just procrastination. Perhaps you have heard that no one can think their way into being recovered. The brightest ideas in very spirited intellectual exchanges produces zip, zero, nada. Action equals work. Faith is a crossover from belief and hope to action. When I move beyond belief and hope, recovery begins. Action is what makes things different this time. Be sure that belief and hope are vital, but without faith, nothing will remain. In its primal function, it produces proof that produces confidence that allows a fellow to stand in humility because they know power is the driving force. There is profound assurance in power. I know that I know that I know alone I could not have produced this within me, this recovered state. However, I have a very definite role in this relationship, and that is as heavy lifter. The full armament is action. Here this morning to share the personal side of this and her story of transformation is Susan H., a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. Susan H. has, as you may know and have noticed, is a vital part of the workforce that keeps this 
Vision's meeting alive and vibrant each and every day with her help on the meetings. And for that, a vision for you is very grateful. You may have heard her share strong shares of recovery and experience with the directions of recovery from the big book each day. She has personal experience on faith without works being dead. So with no further ado, please help me welcome Susan H. to the line. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for that very kind introduction. You can hear me okay, I assume. Loud and clear. Okay, good. Um, yeah, the title, when when Leah asked me for it, there had been <laughs> a kerfuffle about whether or not I would do this. I got... I, I'd like to tell you the story about how I came to the title. I got a text saying, if I would like to, there's an opening. I could do a special edition on Easter. And my thoughts were no, 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 and absolutely not. But what I texted was, I'm going to talk to my sponsor about it and get back to you. And so immediately, when I, when I, after I texted her, then I texted my sponsor, quick. I asked me to do this. What, what do you think? And I didn't get an answer. And it took a while. Usually I get answers right away, or close to right away from my sponsor. If she's available, then I get an answer back. And uh, I got no answer. So I got very serious, very serious in prayer, asking God to guide me asking my higher power to guide me and give me the right answer. You know, and I kicked around, you know, can I do this? Can I be of any help to anyone? Will I be self-seeking, just trying to um, puff myself up if I do it? But I did ask my higher power for that decision, and I took it easy and relaxed, and I slept beautifully that night. And when I woke up, I knew this was one of those places, and there have been quite a few, where I needed to step out in faith. I know my story, and I trust that my higher power will give me the right words to share it and to help someone who's still suffering. So... I thought, well, I told Leah I was going to talk to my sponsor. I'd better text her and let her know (laughs) how this came about. And I texted my sponsor again. And uh, I immediately got that message you get when you've texted a landline. The night before and that morning, I had texted her home phone, which is never going to work. But I didn't get the message last night, the night before. I I get the message, I got the message then that my higher power wanted me to turn to him with my problems first and foremost. To turn to him first in earnest prayer and relax, take it easy, and wait for the answer. So then Leah asked me for the title, and I thought, ooh, well, we were in Bill's story, and my sponsor's favorite line in the story, in in Bill's story, is uh, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And this seemed to be a case of uh, being shown 
again, how to let faith work through me. Um, I am so grateful that more is revealed over and over because I'm a forgetter of these things. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful and I'm happy to be here. And uh, I do know my story. Um, I'm going to qualify now. I have always been a compulsive overeater. Um, I got away with it when I was a little kid. Um, I, I always looked for how to get more than my brothers and sisters. And they were quite a bit older than me, so that was kind of a lot for a little kid. Um, I had a happy childhood, but I just always, I never knew. I couldn't keep from starting, and I never knew how much I would eat before I'd stop. Um, Several times as a kid, I recall certain things, I would eat it until I threw up. So, yeah, I guess a normal eater doesn't really do that. They have something that tells them when they're full. And that pain I get when I'm over full, it doesn't seem to tell me a thing, except I have to wait a few minutes before I can start again. The sweats I get when I've eaten too much sugar, um, it's a horrible feeling. Maybe I'm having a heart attack. But no, it has something to do, I think, with the extreme blood sugar rise. Uh, (laughs) At any rate, those are things that I think normal people probably can recognize and say, oh, I've had enough. It's time to stop. Well, I never had a sense of time to stop until, until there was no more of it, of whatever the, the allergic food was to eat. So I've always eaten that way anytime I could. Um, grade school and junior high was kind of miserable. Um, fat girls get made fun of, and, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, in high school, I found that maybe I could fit in a little bit better by some bad decisions. Um, and I took up drinking and I took up smoking. Neither one of them was my real love, although smoking was with me for a long time. I'm glad that that is gone. I'm grateful. Um, and some other bad decisions that uh, landed me, well, Married with a child at 17. I had quit high school. But, you know, I felt like I had arrived. This was the answer. These people would love me no matter what. And uh, it seems like it was never enough. They did. They loved me. But never, never enough. There was something in me that always, always was hungry for more. In, in food, in relationships, and uh, that's pretty much the way my uh, younger years were. Um, I finally did go back to school, and I got my, uh, I got my uh, nursing license, and I worked at a rural hospital for 28 years, most of that time spent in the OB department, and I did love my job very much, but I always felt not smart enough, not good enough, and I recall 
I worked nights, every night, most of the way to work. I was praying. I didn't know who I was praying to exactly, but I was desperate that somebody would bring out the smarts in me so that I could do the best I could for the patients and babies in my care. And that does remind me of in Bill's story where uh, the real, uh, on page 12, the real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. And yes, my higher power helped me through those years. Um, my weight ballooned up to 285 in my 40s. Um, and then I started trying. Well, I had in my 20s lost a whole lot of weight on diet pills, and I promptly had my gallbladder removed afterwards. I ate terribly, just just terribly. <laughs> and uh, I actually started having gallbladder attacks when I was 15, which is really young for that, but neither here nor there. Um, that's how I ate. Um, so at 285, I started trying every diet I could think of. I could get my hands on the cabbage soup diet, uh, low-carb diet. I had pretty good luck with that. At the time, I was uh, an avid meat eater, so I ate a vast amount of meat. And, uh, but I came to settle on the uh, nutrition bars because they were sweet. For part of the time, I think I subsisted on those terrible things that give you gas and diarrhea. And yeah, it didn't alert me that something was wrong until I couldn't do it anymore. And then I gained the weight back I had lost. Uh, finally, I, I came to a pay and way. And it, it, it was a good diet. It was a good and healthy diet. And I did lose weight and I lost 100 pounds. I was a star for a while there. But I didn't feel like, like I really had it, and I didn't feel like I really had anything. Um, I was still not happy, and I was still restless, irritable, discontent. And every once in a while, I had what I would call a cookie fit. So I was really not abstinent in any way, shape, or form there. And then the weight started to come back on. And I was just, just terrified of going back. But go back, I did. Eventually, I was desperate enough to uh, come to an OA meeting uh, in the next town over. I had gone to one meeting uh, in my late 20s. They said no flour, no sugar. And I thought, I can't live like that. So 30 years later, I went back to another one. And uh, I went to meetings for a year and a half. Um, I, I, I identified with the, the attitudes about food. I didn't think other people felt that way. I thought I was kind of nuts. Um, I guess I should tell the story of the, <laughs> the tenderloin. Uh, working nights, we had someone that used, we, we used to uh, have supper cooked for us during the night. And uh, I had a tenderloin one night with my usual two cookies. <laughs> more if I had time to go down and get more. 
um, something tasted funny about the tenderloin. Now, a normal person eating pork would say, hmm, this is probably not good. But me, I knew I had to get back to work. Things were going on that night. And so I ate it anyway. And uh, then I ate my cookies. And then I went in for delivery. Thank goodness there are two nurses in deliveries. um, Because I had to run out to vomit and have diarrhea. And then I had to drive home like that. They had to call someone in. yeah, I, I couldn't tell the true from the false. And I can't tell you what page that's on. That is in the doctor's opinion, and that was so true of me. There are many ways that I couldn't tell the truth from the false. So that's what it was like when I uh, started coming to the meetings. I kind of think I thought I was going to catch abstinence or recovery or something. And in honest truth, there was not a lot of recovery in the meetings. There was a lot of kindness, though, and there was a lot of love. So I, I kept coming back, and I, I fully believe I needed to come back to keep learning, to keep looking, until I um, found Vision for You and became desperate enough in that year and a half that I was attending meetings and gaining 20 more pounds and eating before meetings and after meetings sometimes. Um, I hit a point of desperation and I finally gave out my name and number as a newcomer. I was overwhelmed by the amount of calls I got. It did scare me a little bit. But I I did talk to people, and I got information to help me get started. And my extreme sensitivity almost uh, scared me right out of the program again. I I thought I was talking to someone who was going to be my sponsor. I hadn't actually asked her, but, uh, well, I thought that she was telling me I had to talk to her nutritionist. I didn't like that. And I also um, got very upset that she told me um, that her experience was vegetarianism was, you know, it's just uh, a way to control your food. And that was, that was part of the problem. Well, I, I didn't know about the problem, really, but, except that I knew, I knew what I did was crazy. Um, and I felt rejected. I felt like, oh, that was my last chance, and now she doesn't want to, she, she will not uh, sponsor me. It was my extreme sensitiveness that was all through, that was just a ribbon that went all through my life that uh, almost stifled my chance. It almost stopped my chance at, the life I have now. Well, anyway, a couple days later, my current sponsor called and uh, I explained what had happened and she told me that she was not necessarily a food sponsor. 
she she hoped and expected that I would be honest about my food and about my abstinence and kind of helped me outline my allergic foods and had me to come up with a list, and I did. But I also listened to uh, Ruth M. Special Edition, and it was very helpful after it scared me really badly. <laughs> it's from uh, May 4th of 2014, uh, What is Entire Abstinence? And like I said, at first, it scared me to death. I have to give up diet pop too, and protein bars, and and yes, I did. And when I, the desperation helped me to step out in faith and let go of those things. Helped me to write out what I was gonna eat every day. And uh, I, I turn it over to my higher power. I write it right after, after I write down what I'm gonna eat. I write that I submit this plan of eating to my higher power and I do the three meals a day, nothing in between, one day at a time. And amazingly, it's enough. And it affords me not thinking about food all the time. And I really thought about food all the time. It was either I was eating too much and how was I going to eat less? Or do I have enough snacks to take me wherever we're going today? Uh, I won't have to not eat for a while, will I? I? I honestly don't think I ever knew what hunger was. I do now. And it's kind of a welcome feeling because I know that I would, I, I would never give myself a chance to be hungry, if at all possible. Um, not as long as there were gas stations and candy bars. I would not. So, um, so that happened. And my sponsor and I worked through steps quickly. Um, I think it was about four weeks. It seemed perfect. Um, everything in the book made so much sense when I read it with a with the recovered sponsor. We had touched on the big book and the year and a half I was going to meetings, but it, it just, uh, really? Alcohol? I'm not an alcoholic. Why, why does this pertain to me? I'm not sure why I didn't get why I did, but, uh, but having a recovered sponsor go over it with me and help me and guide me. Was was wonderful. Um, my spiritual experience has been the kind, uh, the educational variety. So it has been slow, and it keeps growing. Uh, I've been absent for about two and a half years. Uh, it was November of 2016, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I am amazed. I, I got amazed early, and I am continually amazed. I think I might overuse that word, but my higher power loves me so much. I didn't even understand or 
I didn't, I didn't know I had a higher power. I'm so glad to find out. Um, one of the things I got in that year and a half I was going to meetings was someone said, well, you should just make a list of the things you need from a higher power. Okay, well, I did that, but uh, I didn't put a lot of stock in it. But the first thing on the list was, my higher power loves me unconditionally, no matter what. And as I have learned to pray and ask, and how to ask and what to ask, I find that, yeah, my higher power does love me, no matter what. Even in my uh, stumbles, which are plenty, uh, I am very grateful for the 10th step. I may overuse that a little bit sometimes, and sometimes I underuse it. My higher power loves me and is guiding me and reminding me of things that, uh, reminding me of things that I have uh, forgotten or that I haven't learned yet or that I didn't learn the first time around because he's that patient and loves me even when I'm willfully ignorant. <laughs> and that happens. Uh, my last, page 84 is uh, the the page that I wear out in my big book. Um, every time I do have a 10th step, when I have been watching for the selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment, when they crop up, yeah, I ask God at once to remove them. I discuss them with someone immediately. It may be by telephone. It may be by text. And I make amends quickly if I've harmed anyone. Um, yeah, um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. It does, it, yeah, it depends on the situation. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. I love those words. I love how clear-cut and simple they are. And I love the feeling of relief. from whatever was eating me up because that hamster wheel stuff does, does eat me up, but I, I do go on a hamster wheel now and then. Um, it's clear cut and it's simple and it helps me every time I turn to it. Uh, the last 10th step that I did uh, was because I was so willfully ignoring a small disturbance from earlier in the day that I was not honest with my sponsor. And when it hit me that that's, I, I can deny, I can so be in denial, but when I did my 11th step that evening, my 11th step is very important to me too. Um, I couldn't finish the questions. I couldn't finish the questions because I couldn't answer them honestly. Um, so I did. Tired as I wanted to go to bed. More than anything else, I just wanted to go to bed. But I really needed 
to look at look at this disturbance and uh, take care of this disturbance. No matter who I thought was at fault for it in the first place, I needed to look at my part and uh, turn it over to my higher power. And I needed to make amends to my sponsor for um, not being honest. That's that's a nice way to say lying, but uh, yeah. And then the humility. The humility is is a wonderful thing. That feeling of being one of many is wonderful. I'm not alone in my humanness, and I'm so grateful that I'm not alone in my humanness. Um. I am among many who have this disease, who can be dishonest, thoughtless, resentful, fearful, like me. I love when I get um, a chance to pick up and help someone with a 10 step because it reminds me that I'm not alone in those darn imperfections, <laughs> I, I am among many, and I'm grateful for that. I love our program that I can call people, whether newcomers or um, recovered members, and if they have time to pick up, it's always it's always the same. When I call someone as, a, as uh, that, oh, resolutely turning my thought to someone I can help, I'm usually amazed that um, what the story they have to tell me is something that I really needed to hear. Um, that's what I did as turning my thought to someone after that last instant. And... Uh, Yeah, I talked to someone who was um, working the steps and told me about her two-year relapse. And this told me, again, that faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And I know that um, I don't want to let this disease kill me. I trust that my higher power, if I can be honest and stay honest, will guide me through it. And that's what that call told me. Uh, It reinforced that faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through me. I have to be honest, open, and willing to let, to let faith work in me. I have to step out in faith and do things that are not comfortable. Um, when I first started sponsoring, I was extremely uncomfortable, but I was uh, depending on self, finite self, and uh, finite self does not have the power 
to adequately share what I've been given. I have to depend on my higher power, my infinite higher power, to um, give me the right words in the right measure, even though I might not quite get that I'm sharing the right words in the right measure. Um, The trust has to be there. He has my back. That's, That's faith working. And I do understand what a friend always says on this this, uh, telephone meeting, that um, I was afraid to sponsor, but now I would be afraid not to sponsor. So, yeah, that that is a big change in my life. Um, My life has not been perfect. Certainly hasn't been perfect since since I... um, recovered from compulsive overeating. Family issues still pop up and I still have resentments and fears and sadness and sometimes um, I do what I can. I make amends if that is what I feel I need to do and then I have to sit back. Sometimes I have to sit with the discomfort. I do have to keep in mind that I have to have the faith to keep working. I I have to let faith keep working in me or I'm in trouble. I, I I am learning gradually to meet life on life's terms. And I trust that I am given enough faith to do that. Always I trust that my higher power has my back. I hope that uh, someone has gleaned something out out of my story. I have been given blessings that I never imagined. Um, Soon after I uh, started working the steps with my sponsor, my husband announced that he'd been looking at the Internet and he thought he would just uh, go vegetarian with me. Well, that was like the last thing. That was was a gift, plain and simple. I know it. (laughs) That's not something that would have happened without some divine intervention. And so it made my life a little easier. I didn't have to, you know, cook two meals. Um, Yeah, it gave us something to share. We also share our biking. We love that. Um, And I am so happy not to expect so much from my relationships. I... uh, I accept that I'm loved, whether I'm loved the way I want to be loved or, you know, sometimes you just have to accept and have faith that you are. I am. And uh, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my family of origin. And I think I'm starting to ramble a little bit. Let's see. 
I'm still learning. I can't control the show. Oh, the 11th step. I did want to talk about the 11th step. It's so important to my program. On awakening, every morning. Um, it's very important to me. I have that time in the morning. I, I pray, I read a little bit, and I meditate before I ever get out of bed. And uh, it, it does make a difference in my life. Reminding myself that I'm not running the show. Thy will, not mine, be done. I've been doing a lot more of that lately. Uh, may I never get away from it, but uh, being a disease of forgetting, I may. And uh, I trust that I will be shown again. I can't run the show. I have to ask a power to come into my life and step out in faith that that I will receive what uh, what I need. Nightly review. Um, I think I did touch on how important that is to me. I do a nightly review every night. I have an app that I use, and I like that. And it's the exact questions that are in the big book. And I guess I can find that here on page 86. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Will we be resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once, and that's the one that trips me up. (laughs) Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time, or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? And very important, but we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. Well, that would diminish our usefulness to others. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. And what corrective measures should be taken usually are in the book. Um, I, I'm amazed that I am so guided by, by the big book. It, it, yeah, it is with me. I don't have them memorized, but, uh, and I learn every time I study the big book with a newcomer, or I relearn something I forgot. <laughs> I'm a real forgetter. And I, I'm grateful. It all works. It all works because I work it. And I'm grateful that that's what I've been taught by the words in the book. That's what I've been encouraged to do by my sponsor. And my higher power keeps returning to show me what I need to know and what I need to act on. So um, I guess... That uh, I am winding down. Um, I'm grateful to have been given this opportunity to share my story. I'm grateful that uh, 
that I had the learning experience that went into making it. I'm grateful that I put down most of my notes. They just made noises when I was uh, ruffling papers. And I, I'm grateful for the prayer that helped me focus and depend on my higher power to guide me with what I had to say. I think I'm going to pass there, even though I'm a little early. And thank you. Thank you all for being my fellows in program. I need you every day. Pass. Thank you so much, Susan. Faith without works. You're welcome. Thank you so much. We will ask Susan H. for her contact information at the conclusion of the meeting. But in the meantime, we do transition to the point of of asking questions of Susan's presentation today. So the lines are open for that. If you have a question for Susan, please press star one on your phone keypad and that will unmute you. Offer your first name, the first initial of your last name. And once you've asked your question, just please press star one again to mute the line so it's quiet behind while we listen to Susan's answer. So I'm, I'm ready to take some names. Alicia B. Alicia B. Kathy K. Kathy K. Again, who came after Kathy? Tamara C. Tamara? Yep. C. Got it. Thank you. Star one, if you're interested, you have a question. So far, I have Alicia B., Kathy K., and Tamara C. Hi, Alicia. Go ahead with your question. Hi, Susan. Thanks for your wonderful share this morning. It was very helpful. Um, I was interested in your comments about the 10th step and that last part of resolutely turning our thoughts to someone I can help. Um, I'm always interested in how other people um help others in creative ways, not just uh, compulsive overeaters, because sometimes the opportunity isn't there after the 10th step. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about um, how you help others uh, following your 10th step? Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yes. Well, that time, and quite often I happen to call a newcomer. It is always or usually helpful to call a newcomer, and, and I ask. Is there anything I can help you with? Usually they've been assigned to ask someone some questions and uh, amazingly, I find I can sometimes answer them. Uh, When that opportunity is not around or when uh, something else needs to be done as it did last week or the week before when I uh, kind of was irritated by a couple members of my family, I found that I, my sponsor suggested, and I worked at finding a way to honestly do something nice for them. Uh, I think I might not have uh, quite attained anonymity in that, but uh, did the best I could. (laughs) And uh, I definitely felt relief. So it can be some little thing you can do without expecting any kudos from your family 
picked up some trash I saw in the parking lot. And I happened to find that trash at the opportune time when I needed to do something that would be helpful. Um, so, yeah. But my favorite thing to do is to call a newcomer. And I, I drag my feet on calling newcomers. Um, I'm guilty of that. But I'm rewarded so richly when I do that, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes me wonder why I dragged my feet on that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I hope that answered your question. There, there are many different ways that, you know, that I do that. But my most favorite way is to call a newcomer. And I will pass. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you for the You're question, welcome. Alicia B. Kathy Kay, your question. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And thank you, Susan. It was wonderful to hear you this morning. I got so much out of your share. Um, I uh, I wanted to see if you would uh, elaborate in a little more detail about how your relationship with your higher power deepened over time because you started with um, somebody asking you to write down what you need from your higher power. What did you do mm -hmm. after that over time to become more comfortable with the idea of turning to your higher power and acting on faith? Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Sounds like a really good question. Um, well, <clears throat> what I immediately did after I, after I thought out my list was forgot about it. <laughs> it's, it's just the truth um, but when I started working with my sponsor and she, you know, she would ask me you know what what does your higher power mean to you and, and I had to be honest that I wasn't really sure about a higher power and um, I just I, I didn't know but I had that I had that list and she said well well good good that that's that's a start and a start is what is what you need, and, and that is what I needed. Um, she was kind about that, and I didn't feel like uh, like I needed to adopt anyone else's impression of God. And when we read through the book, I I found places that just spoke to me. Like, who can conceive of a higher power anyway? Who really knows? So I felt, okay, well, my conception of God is where it is, but I still need to know how to pray because those are the actions I'm taking. Even if I don't quite understand, more will be revealed, and it certainly has been. And, yeah, I, my life has changed so much. I have to trust that the prayers and the surrender that that I practice to my higher power, yeah, it, it somebody's listening. Somebody's definitely listening. Um, when I those moments of is it odd or is it God, they just every time it increases my faith. I I I I can't give you exact details. It's just. Like I said, it was it has been an educational thing, um, little by little. 
I've come to know that I absolutely do not have the power to fix things or take mm-hmm. care of things take myself. Care of things myself. Oh, I echo. Oh, oh, I echo. Okay. Um, I that's that's really all I have to say. And yeah, I it's been gradual. I'm grateful, and I trust absolutely now. I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay, for your question. Thank you, Camera C. You're up next, and then we'll open it up for more people that have questions. Hi, Camera. Press star one, please, and Kathy Kay, star one for you too. Uh, good morning, mm-hmm. uh, Susan. Uh, Susan, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I got so much out of your share. Um, I liked that you talked about learning to pray, learning um, how to ask and what to ask. I was wondering, mm-hmm. um, could you um, talk a little bit more about that? Okay. Um, learning to pray for me. Um, I, like I said, I did pray on my way to work when I was younger, and that was a prayer of desperation, and I'm sure that a higher power heard it. But just for um, to help me to understand my program or to help me accept my program, and this is my program because I fit in here so perfectly, um, the first one was memorizing the third step prayer. That is with me every day, morning and evening, the third step prayer. I, I do need to review that I'm powerless, that only a power greater than me could return me to sanity. And the third step prayer that I, I, I stand by that decision to turn oh, my will and my life over. Okay, and uh, yeah, I, that's the prayers that are in the book are are very helpful to me. The four step prayer has saved my skin again and again. It has saved me from getting angry at people that really, really were not trying to hurt me. We're not. You know, people that were having their own problems, and the third step prayer reminds me of that. Um, oh, the, the the sick man's prayer. Sorry, I'm sidetracked a little bit here. But the sick man's prayer is very important to me, and I I still use it a lot with my family. <laughs> a lot. Um, I always add that they, this person is spiritually sick as I am, and uh, I am quick to admit that. Uh, Seven-step prayer, very important to me. And yeah, the the prayers that are in the book. Um, Also, St. Francis prayer in my app are some more prayers that, that, um, that are mentioned here and there, either in the big book or in the AA 12 and 12. So, um, yeah, I don't have those memorized, but I do read them so that I can review them. And I often ask that um, my higher power would make me a channel of his peace. So 
I don't know if that was detailed enough, but yeah, I I learned from from the book. I, I learned so much from the book, and then I acted on it, and the acting on it is what uh, made it become real. Made it become real. I'll pass. Thank you, Camera C. Anyone else have a question for Susan this morning? Press star one. April. Hi, April. What's the first letter of your last name? A. April A. Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Um, thanks so much, Susan. Um, You're welcome. Wanted to ask. Hard to ask this question. Um, I wanted to ask when. I know, like when things are going really great in my program. It's um it's so easy to say, Oh, I'm so blessed, thank you, higher power. Mm-hmm. When when tragic, sad, cruel, unfair things happen, how do you make peace with higher power or how do you not blame higher power but um like what's mm-hmm. your I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm asking it correctly. I um I really struggle with um well I'll I'll just leave it at that. Okay, thank you, April. Um that's a good question. <clears throat> well, um the things that have come up since since I have recovered are um I I I know that I am not in control of them and as hard as it is to let go of that control it's such a relief it's such a relief um life is life and I honestly haven't had the really major bad things happen since I have recovered but I know they're out there because they're part of everyone's life. And um, I am just another one of many here. So uh, things that have come up. Uh, My sister has become very ill, and I struggled with that. I, I struggled terribly with that for a good while. Sick man's prayer was a big part of it. Um, Talking with others was a big part of it. Working 10 steps. If if I was on the hamster wheel, why can't she change? Why can't she change? Because she can't change. Um, uh, family difficulties have come up and I have kept to the book to, to see, you know, where my part is. I have worked to clean up my side of the street and then I have to just accept that uh, whatever whatever happens is my higher power's will. It certainly may not be what I would choose, but I trust that He has my back. I trust that it will be okay. And that's that's about as much as I can uh, can speak to that. I think I hope it was helpful and. Uh, yeah, blessings to you. Thanks, April. Thank you, April A., for your question. 
Anyone else with a question out there for Susan? Faith without works. Move a muscle. Elena, I have a question. Elena, what's the first letter of your last name? C. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, Elena, go ahead with your question. I was very, uh, thank you so much for your story and your inspiration today. And I was very touched when you said that trust, you trust absolutely. And I want to get there. Um, And for me, you know, I still have fear part of, and I know from a 12-step perspective that fear is the lack of faith. And, and, you know, and I'm kind of like... um, just using the tools of the program to, you know, sharing with doing a step, 10 step on it and nightly inventory. And it still comes up for me. And also fear is a normal human emotion. I know that. Yeah. How do you, how do you get there to, I trust completely when this fear arises? on, do you have fear um, now, or is it like less and less? So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Thanks. Well, I I definitely have fear. It comes up. Um, I talk. I I do have to talk with others about it when it is overwhelming. And uh, I usually turn to page sixty-seven and sixty-eight. Uh, perhaps there's a better way for directions on how to look at fear. Um, beautiful couple paragraphs I guess I'll I'll read that if that's okay and and tell you what it means to me page 68 uh, second paragraph perhaps there's a better way we think so for we're now on a different basis the basis of trusting and relying upon God we trust infinite God rather than our finite self and I, I look at it was I trusting myself yeah I was um, we are in the world to play the role he assigns just to the extent that we do as as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him. Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? And that's when I'm in fear, I can see that calamity so clearly. We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality is a way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. They never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him, this is a direction here, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. And that is uh, a beautiful thing that I... There are so many passages that I kind of wear out because I do have fear. It comes back. Um, I think less often than it did early on in my program. But, uh, yeah, I, I I trust that the directions are here to help us outgrow fear. Uh, quite often, what I find my higher power would have me be is trusting, trusting in him accepting that I'm not perfect and neither are the people around me. Accepting that he loves me and he has my back. 
And yeah, but uh, all I can do is when I have a fear, I, I admit it, I have to admit it, or I start the hamster wheel. And uh, that's never really helpful. Then I have to look it up and share it with someone and, you know, follow the directions in here. So I can't say I'm never fearful because I am, but I'm fearful less than I used to be. And I know where to look to help quiet that disturbance. So I'm grateful and thank you for that question. Thank you very much, Elena C. Is there anyone else that has a question this morning? Press star one relative yeah. to the um, presentation today. Cheryl C. Somebody before Cheryl C. Okay. Oh, it was it Sarah, I think, maybe first. Okay. Sarah, what's the first letter of your last name? T. T like Tom? Okay, good. And then Ali A, and then Cheryl C. Anyone else? Linda D. Hi, Linda. Okay. Anyone else? With a question for Susan this morning. Okay. We have Sarah T., Ali A. A. Cheryl C. and Linda D. You're on first with your question, Sarah. I was wondering how you first got your abstinence, like the first couple of days. I find mm-hmm. I get four days in relapse, three days in relapse, four days in relapse. I, too, have a lot of fear of control. So I was just curious how you got through that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well... Even though I didn't uh, know much about praying, I think I was directed to pray about it. Um, I know that I had listened to um, to that podcast of Ruth M's, and it helped define my abstinence, um, even though it scared me first. <laughs> um, Soon after I started eating abstinently, we were reading, we were reading, we were in the book. And, you know, it is so important that you not jump ahead. And that was my thought. Oh, yeah, let's hurry up. Come on, step one, step one. Uh, But I had to read more about my problem, the doctor's opinion it explained to me that I truly was sick. And, you know, these things, they helped me to, to hang on to that abstinence. That is where um, we are powerless but not helpless. And I had to, I had to step out in faith there, uh, faith that, that my sponsor was recovered. She had what I wanted, and this is what brought her to that point. So that's that's where my faith was at that time. Um, I didn't. I hadn't read the part about faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us, but but I did eventually read that. And yeah, the that's part of the stepping out on faith. And uh, I, I I was I was given help. That's that's the only thing to explain it. Um, 
and we worked fast. We did work pretty fast to get through the steps, and uh, that is definitely what I needed to do because I couldn't maintain that kind of uh, food plan on my own. I'm so grateful that I get a daily reprieve now and I don't have to think about it. So contingent on maintaining spiritual fitness. So I don't know if I helped you with your question or not. I hope so. Um, It it was a matter of gritting my teeth and, and working at it and working on the steps. So it really does work if you work it. Thanks for the question. I pass. Thank you, Sarah T. Alie, you're up next. And what's the first letter of your last name? Is it S? Hello. Yes, it's Alie, yes. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Your question, please. Okay. Hi, my name's Alie S. from Germany. And I have one little question and then another question. So what's the name of the podcast that you mentioned in the sh- your share earlier? Oh, okay. Um, it's from May 4th of 2014, and it's Ruth M. What is Entire Abstinence, I think, is the name of it. Okay. And, and on, on, what is the name of the podcast? What is Entire Abstinence, I think. Oh, this is the podcast. Okay. It's, oh, yeah, it's one of the, one of the special editions that, that you can access on the on the uh, website. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Yes. Okay, my You're second question is, I'm, first, thank you also for your great share, and I'm in my 11th day of abstinence, and I have worked mm-hmm. the steps in AA before, I'm two and a half years sober, mm-hmm. and, but you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to give up the food, and now I made like a mess again with, of, of living an active addiction, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how to make the best amends. And it's between me going and saying, like, do, did you sometimes wait for God to give you a sign what to do and leave it up to God in your amends? This is my question. Well, um, I, I do like to run my amends past um, my sponsor. You know, I've, 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 I'm guilty of sometimes praying for an answer and then thinking I have the answer when that's actually what I want to do. So I tend to want to run it past my sponsor. Um, I've been surprised by that. I I tend to want um, to hide my paper and not let anyone see what I'm doing. But uh, I'm helped when I when I get help from from fellows. So uh, I still find that amends pop up that I had ignored or hadn't done, and I'm being shown. That's that's part of the more will be revealed. So um, or it has been in my in my experience. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how to answer the question. Um, I feel at a loss when it comes to that. I'm so grateful that I got some guidance, one-on-one guidance from my sponsor when it comes to making my amends. So uh, if you have a sponsor, I, I definitely would uh, talk to them or talk to a recovered um, compulsive overeater about what uh, what what that might be. 
Okay, I, I, I hope that answers your question. I don't know if it did or not, but um, that's all I have. I'll pass. Thank you, Alie, for your question. Cheryl C., your Thank question, you. please. Sorry, um, this is Cheryl C. Okay, yes, this is Cheryl C. Uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. Hi. Um, thank you so much, Susan. Um, I really appreciate your story. I can relate a lot to it. And um, and I I was wondering though, you were talking about how you like working with newcomers, and um, I was wondering um, what your experience has been working with people who have been relapsing repeatedly and if they call you for help um, what directions do you give them to help them um, kind of get back um, recovery um, <clears throat> well if I'm asked as a sponsor it's the same thing um, as, as I would with any other newcomer um, I depend on the book to to be the outline, and I I let my higher power do the work because I absolutely don't have the power to do it myself. I I've learned that through the school of hard knocks, where um, I I <laughs> was crushed when people didn't uh, follow through and do all the things that I thought they should. And uh, I've been shown again and again that the miracle is between the person working the steps and their higher power. And the directions are all in the book. I don't know. I don't understand what makes the miracle take place, but... Uh, I know it's a miracle, and I know I've I've heard people say it's a miracle. I've tried and I've tried, and uh, it's a miracle. So, yeah, the age of miracles is definitely not over. I can't say that I treat um, or or work any differently with someone. I'm learning. I'm learning as I go along. I I I, I follow the book. I follow the book. It, it has, uh, it's the best way I know to help someone work the steps. My favorite emoji is a little flashlight on a blue book. <laughs> that's, that's my job, and that's all I can do. Um, I don't know if I've given you any answer whatsoever, but I hope so, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you, Cheryl C. Linda D, star one for your question, and then after Linda D, we'll, there'll be one more invitation for people to ask questions of Susan before we wrap up the meeting today. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, uh, Linda D, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I uh, was, number one, thank you for speaking today, and um, you're welcome. I wanted to ask you about the 10th step and um, noticing, we watch uh, for selfishness, uh, resentment, dishonesty. Can you give mm -hmm. some examples of some of the things that you have experienced as disturbances? Because I like that word. It's a lot broader than resentment. <laughs> I 
that you have um, used the 10 steps for? Um, I think that, I can't tell you the page, but I think that disturbances, that, that treatment of these things uh, is from the AA 12 and 12. Which okay. I, I love that book too. Um, now, what was the rest of the question? Sometimes, um, it, well, in the beginning, uh, I'll just say that in the beginning, I thought, well, resentment, uh, mm -hmm. everything was either resentment or fear. But I found mm -hmm. lately that, for example, if I feel anxious about something, mm -hmm. you know, I may not realize right away that that's fear. Um, yeah. So are there any other things that you use it for besides, you know, strictly um, what may come to you uh, initially mm -hmm. as a resentment or a fear? Okay, well, when I find myself on that hamster wheel of, oh, I have to think about this over and over again. I have, I have to keep thinking about this. I have to keep thinking so I can fix it. And then when I, you know, ah, I don't have the power to fix it. I forgot. <laughs> um, so the things that put me on that hamster wheel are usually one of these uh, offenders there. Um, and most often, in all honesty, most often it's fear. Every The anxiety is fear that something is not going to fall the way I want it to fall. Now, how can I make it fall my way? And, uh, yeah, it always comes with fear. Always it comes down to uh, trying to take back control and do it my way so I get what I want. <laughs> and self-seeking is a big one for me. <clears throat> I don't want to look bad. I don't want to look lazy. I don't want to look selfish. Um, yeah, uh, it comes up, and I do need to work 10 steps on it. Not as often as I once did, but I need, I need to be alert for that hamster wheel. When I get on it, uh, I've got to... Uh, I've got to call out for some help. I've got to reach out for some help. And uh, be armed with page 84. And uh, I'm just, I'm grateful that there are such clear-cut directions that, that help me quiet those disturbances. So um, I hope that made sense, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you, Linda D., for your question. We're going into the last invitation for people to ask questions of Susan for her presentation today, which is Faith, Faith Has to Work. If you're interested in asking Susan a question, press star one now. The last invitation today before we go to the closing of our meeting. Hello, this is Raquel. Hi, Raquel. Anybody Hi, else before friend. we take you? Any other questions this morning? This is Sharon K. Hi, Sharon K. Okay. Okay, then I will take from that delay that all minds are clear with questions and so we have Raquel E and Sharon K for our last two questions today. Good morning. Well good afternoon Raquel. Your question please. Hello, can you hear me? 
Loud and clear, Adam. Yes, okay. Did we lose you, Raquel? Hello. This is Raquel. We, can you we, hear me? We can we can hear you. Yes. Please go thank ahead with your question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, Susan, for your wonderful share. And um You're welcome. Uh, I I think just this is what I needed to listen to today because many times you mentioned uh, either straight or or in a uh, implied way about acceptance, and um, and that is the answer. So now that it's Passover and I'm calling from Israel, and all my children are in the states, and I was invited for the seder, seder and I was invited for lunch the next day. And it all went beautifully. They even allowed me to bring my own food, and I didn't have any dealings with theirs. And there was wonderful company. But when I come home from there and I'm by myself, then all the questioning and the second guessing of God's plans for me in life appear. And no matter how hard I try to accept, yesterday I almost went out. I almost picked up, and I have now 10 years and 4 months and 5 days. I count them like jewels because I'm in program already since since 1979, and not until the coffee shop came on and then Vision for You did I really get this wonderful abstinence and understanding of the doctor's opinion. So now I'm again in that phase, and thank goodness I did exactly what you talked about. I called first a couple of people who gave me encouragement and then I called people who needed help and here I am already towards the end of the day. By us it's already 10 minutes to 5 in the afternoon so one more day will pass but it's it's not easy, you know. And I wanted to, to a little bit more from you about like one specific incident where you had to like bite the bullet and accept it that this is how, and this is God's plan, and just to be at peace with it. Anything you'll say will be helpful to me at this point. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for your question, Raquel. <clears throat> well, um, I had a disturbance with uh, with a child. Um, I <clears throat> I first felt desperate to fix this. How can I fix it? How can I fix it? Because that's my, my old go-to. My old go-to. And uh, it is one of those things that I, I have done 10 steps. I've done repeated 10 steps. I did make amends. And as best as I could, I tried to clean up my side of the street. Um... But things have been very slow to um, to return. They it, and that's where I have to accept because I am not in control of how another feels. I can never be. In, I can't. I can't make anyone feel what I think they should. And. Uh, it's not for me to think what they should feel anyway. Um, yeah, I, I have to return again and again to acceptance. 
acceptance that uh, my higher power has my back. Whatever happens, I have the 12 steps. I have fellows in program. I have meetings. And I have a higher power that I never, I never knew was, was loving me so much. I, I just, I have to, I have to accept. <laughs> I, I accept that I can't control people, places, or things. And sometimes I would still like to. I don't have the power, and that's probably for the best because I usually mess that up anyway. So. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the issue was, and uh, yeah, okay. Thanks, Raquel. Thank you, Raquel E, for your question. And Sharon K, you'll be the last one with a question today. Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Perfect. Um, thank you for for a great meeting. Um, I find that I often struggle with keeping a connection with a higher power. Like I'll go through periods where I feel very connected and feel like my relationship with my higher power is quite alive. And then I I get, um, it it feels dead and and like I'm just going through the motions. Um, And so um, I'm just curious about how you keep that faith alive and vibrant um, on an ongoing basis. You know, I'm doing a lot of, you know, like I'm I'm doing the work, you know, I have a morning routine that I follow, you know, mm-hmm. in a disciplined mm-hmm. way and I'm doing my 10 steps. Yeah. And, but mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I've struggled getting a relationship with a higher power and I also struggle keeping it and keeping even the willingness up um, just around doing extra work on a specific fear or that kind of thing. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the question. Um, I wish I could think of where this is from. I believe it's in the AA 12 and 12 where Bill talks about everyone everyone will have trouble to the point where it's even hard to pray from time to time. And I will never rise above human. And and I do have trouble sometimes. I've been doing an amazing amount of praying lately for advice and, and guidance to do this special edition. And so I'm feeling so close with my higher power today and so grateful. But uh, that last 10 step that I talked about, I obviously didn't want to do the work that I had to do to quiet that disturbance. I just wanted to go to sleep and sweep it under the rug. And that, yeah, that's where the, the buildup of human emotions is dangerous for me. In fact, it was fatal. I don't know what page that is either, but it's in there. <laughs> it's, yeah, I when I feel uncomfortable, that's when I do need to talk to someone about that uncomfortable feeling. And uh, I find that when I'm feeling uncomfortable, not enough, is a good time to talk to recovered 
compulsive overeaters and see, you know, what their thoughts are on that. I've had such um, blessings from reaching out to recover compulsive overeaters once they get on this line. And they're always willing to share their recovery with me. So keep reaching out, keep praying, and keep that uh, service, service, this kind of service. It, it's, it honestly gave me a little fear, but uh, it also gave me um, a very clear-cut reason to pray and pray and pray. And every time I have prayed that earnestly, I get results. So step out in, in, in faith. Um, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. So keep working. And I fully believe you're on the right track that, you know, that's life on life terms. We have times when we're sure we know, we know the score and we have times when it's like, ugh. so, um, I don't know if that was of any help to you. I hope it was. And I trust that my higher power is guiding me in some of these answers. So I will pass. Thank you very much, Sharon Kay, for your question. And that ends the uh, question part of this particular presentation today. And we'll move into the closing portion of the meeting today. Thank you, Susan. You offered so much of yourself this morning. And we're very grateful for the willingness for you to present on a Sunday special edition. It's such a gift to self and to, to so many others. I'm just grateful for that so much. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. It has been such a gift to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I found that to be true. The share ID number for today, this Sunday special edition, Sunday, April 21st, 2019, is 12808. 12,808. So we will now close this meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless